everybody. We are back. We are here. We are live. Welcome to Beyond the Pan. My name is Maccabee, and this lovely lady is... Chels. Super simple today. I'll just be Chels. Oh, it's just Chels. If this is your first time being here, thank you. If you've been here multiple times, thank you again. We appreciate you. So what are we talking about, Chels, today, now, out of all the things? I know. This is super fun. We touched on it a little bit last week. If you missed that one, you got to hop over to beyondthepedpodcast.com and check it out because we gave you information on blurbs and contracts. But today is going to be all about the nitty gritty contracts, the good, the bad, the ugly, the extras. Mm. Got a lot to cover. So it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. So let's talk about the good about contracts. Now, when we're dealing with contracts, uh, now, again, I'm talking to you from an actor's point of view, someone who has to deal with this stuff on a constant basis when I get these projects. This is very important, not only to me, but it's also to you, because this is going to keep you safe. This is going to keep your your wallet safe too, out of all the things too. And of course, your sanity as well. These are things that we as entertainers, as creators, need in every project possible. So as an author, one of the biggest things that people want is that contract, right? You've queried, you've gone through, you've done your research, maybe you got an agent, maybe you were able to free it, and you go through, you get your contract. The biggest thing you have to do, guys, is to not get too excited. Don't get too excited and just immediately go and sign. I know it's a lot of legal stuff and it sucks, but read it carefully. My favorite part of the contract was redlining. Redlining is when you go through your contract and because every contract is negotiable, whether they want to say it or not, it is. So I went through everything said what I was willing to do, what I wasn't willing to do. Don't go too nuts, guys. You, it's negotiation, okay? Don't ask for the world and then cave when they don't give it to you. It's, contracts are all about negotiating things. So go through, decide before you even read it what your lines are. So for instance, there are some contracts that you can get as an author that will say, we're only gonna put this into ebook. Well, you can't just have things in ebook. You know what I mean? Or if your contract just covers ebooks, make sure there is a clause in there that allows you to do a physical book, whether it's paperback and hardcover or just one or the other, and audiobook if you would like. I'm not a fan of audiobooks, mainly because I haven't found that person that completely captures the voices that I hear in my head. But I also haven't spent that much time working on it yet. So, no, that was one of the things that I wanted. I wanted to make sure that I could have my book in any copy whatsoever that I wanted. That was important to me. And the voices in her head, because if yes. those voices and her voice are not the same in the sense that they agree upon everything, that's when insanity starts to happen. Right. And it's something that we truly don't like when Chelsea has to go through that, because then we get to see the villain in her, and no one wants to see that. Yeah, no anti-hero, sir. The no. titles of hero and villain are completely subjective to interpretation. Anyways, <laughs> anyways. And here's but, the thing. I prefer to be the villain anyways, because a hero will sacrifice a person for the world. A villain will sacrifice the world for that person. Depends on the perspective. 
That's, I'm telling you, you guys will completely understand what I'm talking about if you read the Realm <laughs> series. If you want some twisted tales of what is actually a villain, mm-hmm. check it out. Oh, but, yeah, absolutely. Yes, anyway, back it, to the... <laughs> but so I needed... My biggest thing was I wanted to be able to control what formats my books came out in. The other thing I really wanted, how long do they own my books? Because I, from the moment you sign that contract, they own your book. They own your pen name. Everything about it no longer believes belongs to you. Yes, you are the face of it, but you may not necessarily get to decide how it goes, how long it goes, what your characters do, because there are contracts out there that say that the editor and the publishing house does have the authority to change the direction of your book. I maintained all of those rights. I decided I wanted to choose what my characters do, and I fight tooth and nail for every single book. To make sure what happens happens the way that it is supposed to and does not go according to an editor's feelings or the trends that are out there right now because publishing houses do that and i refuse that is the one thing i will not i don't negotiate when it comes to how my characters react and what they do because i don't even get to choose those things sometimes yeah exactly and that's something that every author needs to understand when you are looking at these contracts, that this is very important because have, understanding what your rights are granted in the, in the form, either in the form, the language, the market, the time, whatever the case may be, the most important thing out of all of that is the fact that you have the right to tell a story the way you want to tell a story or the way the characters want to, to tell their story. Not what the publisher, not what the marketers, not with anybody in any other medium will tell you, oh, I think as an actor that this would not work with said character. Now, you, on the other side of that is you can take it too far. If you that, dig your you heels go. in too far, sometimes you are preventing your characters from going as well. Yes. Now, if you're anything like me as an author, I can tell you I have gone through six or seven editors at this point. I have nine books. There is not a single editor that I have had that has read every single word that I have written. And sometimes you are going to run into that. But that is why it was so important to me to know that no matter what the editor thinks, believes, does, whatever, I still get the final say in what happens to them. Absolutely. Because they haven't, they don't know the story that's going to happen like you will. That does not mean they're not right on occasion because there are times when they're going to be right. And whether you need to take a second and step back from your editor and be like, okay, they're freaking lost their damn mind. They don't know what they're talking about. Give yourself the night and then go, okay, maybe they, they have a point and change yourself from there. But I have also had those editors that now, this is going to be a little tangent. There are these creatures in the realm called the shadows. These shadows are grotesque, soul-modified things, beings yeah, they're, they're, they're ugly. that have a variety of limbs. They tilt their heads weird. I got into an argument with an editor who said her and her husband tried to act out the shadowed, and therefore I needed to remove it because they could not mimic those movements. Yes, in a lot of ways. Some of them have their mouths sewn shut. Some of them have their heads on backwards. Like, and she was telling me that I was wrong because they couldn't. They tried to physically act out what the shadow did, and I'm like, dude, if you can do it, record it because I want to see. The point was she hadn't read the series. She didn't know what the shadowed were. 
She didn't understand that they are the ugliest parts that people get ripped out of their souls. And that's what they are. So she no longer wants to work on my books anymore, long story short. But it was one of those situations where that was the power that I made sure I had to know that no matter what they say, I will take your, your criticism, your critique. But at the end of the day, it is my decision. So that was the second thing that was the most important to me or third. So I made sure that I got to control how my story went. I made sure that I know when their hold on my books and my characters end because some go years, some go to the end of your series, some go forever, which actually is technically illegal, guys. You can look it up. They're not allowed to do that. Red line that. But I wanted to make sure all of that stays with me. Made it super easy. And then the other thing I needed to know, how many books are you expecting from me? Because some of them leave them book to book, which means some people say this is great, right? I want one. I want to get my book published. This is fantastic. Let's say you decide, Mac, you want to do a three-part series. You get the first two. The publisher's like, nope, we don't want to finish that book. You are legally not allowed to finish that book until your contract with them runs out, which means you can't do any, you can't even touch those characters. So my original contract was five years, 10 books. I'm done. That. Three years early, knocked it out. Woo. But one of the things that I also redlined was making it so that they could have control of my books for seven years past the end of my, my contract, because no, I'm also a control freak a bit. So what's mine is mine, which I know guys, if you're new here, you'll learn very quickly. Chelsea's stuff is Chelsea's stuff. Like I had four siblings. Like it, I'm pretty sure that's where it came from where like you had to share everything. Once I hit adulthood, I'm like, I don't have to share. So I don't like, I don't share. But that was, that was huge to me because how I'm doing all this work and you guys are, you're what? Taking everything else. Yes. So yes. here's, here it goes with this again, is that knowing your rights is the most important thing out of the entire contract. Now, going into, you know, dealing with royalties, going with the mediums, we'll get into that a little bit later too. I want to wait, I want to wait on the royalties part because that's like the biggest thing that everybody wants to know, but that is not the most important thing. Rights, like you said, is very important, but it also means that you have to understand the acceptance. You have to deal with the manuscript acceptance, the delivery issues, you know, what formats, like she said, depending on the format that you are signing for is depending on where they're going to market it at, what they're going to market, how they're going to market and to who. This is the other bad part of contracts. You can put anything you want in a contract. Anything. You can do anything. Hypothetically, there's a publisher out there and a part of their contract is that they will help you market. That is what they will do. That is their responsibility. That is how it goes. There's also ways for people to say they are doing things in contracts to uphold them, but not have to do the work behind it. So one of the things that you have to be willing to do is let's say you have redlined your contract. Everything is great. Your negotiations are done. You have your contract. You're happy. You're locked in for five years. You do your work. You start noticing that things are slipping. You're not getting things that you're supposed to. You're not getting them on time. You are 
getting left out of the loop on things, you don't get any of your books, whatever your, your thing may be, whether it's marketing, advertising, print copies, anything. Always know the first thing you should do is reach out. Make sure there hasn't been some type of miscommunication, a misprint, something falling through the cracks. Guys, we're all human. Something's going to happen. There's going to be those times that things fall through. I always do the, the two strikes are out rule. I don't do three strikes because I feel like everybody's expecting three strikes, right? So it's the whole, it was in a movie. It's like you always have four weapons on your body because they're going to get three and humans are going to be comfortable. You always got to have that fourth one. So I do two strikes. I don't know what movie it's from. I swear to God, it's from a movie. If not, then I don't know what I think about. But <laughs> Nobody wants to know what you think about I don't, I'm pretty sure it's a movie. <laughs> but <laughs> In her head. Probably. That's very possible. But one of the, I do the two strikes because the first one is a warning. That means you should be looking into it. The second time is you fix this or Chels fixes this is what it comes down to. And I know that sounds really weird and that sounds very egotistic or whatever it is, but there is a line. You cannot be a pushover in this industry. You cannot let people slide and slide and slide because eventually they're going to take advantage of you. And they're going to be like, yeah, she's having a problem or he's having a problem, but it doesn't really matter. They'll be fine with it. I've done that in the past. And that's how I can tell you, don't do it. Yeah, Stand up for way. yourself. Do the two times. First time, be like, hey, guys, I'm really like Mac. What the hell, dude? I'm supposed to get my link. I didn't get my link. What's going on? And then it's like, oh, well, you know, I got caught up and stuff. You get it, right? Then let's say it's just constant not getting links. And then I'm like, well, Mac, Chelsea's out. We don't want that. Nobody wants that. No, because then we start to deal with the other stuff that happens when it comes to that. And honestly, I try not to be on Chelsea's bad side as much as possible. (laughs) I haven't even talked to Corey, but I feel like I, I believe I know what Corey would say and just say, just, just do what she says right now, because it's just going to be easier in the long run. It's it's one of those where he he actually taught me. I was very much a just kind of like a happy go lucky person. I really am. Like as long as you don't do anything to to lie or screw me over or anything like that, I'm the happiest person in the world. True. Yeah. But you true. get one time. You know what I mean? Like one time. We're adults, guys. It's what you gotta do. So that's what I do. In this industry, it it's rough. I've been taken advantage of, screwed over. I had somebody hypothetically try to publish my book as something that it was not hypothetically. And we fixed that, but you have to stand up for yourself and they're going to get angry. The first morning that you do, they're going to be like, Oh, okay. Then maybe they answer you. Maybe they don't always give deadlines, guys, respectable deadlines. Don't go. You have 24 hours to get back to me. Give them a couple of days, guys. It's a business. Three days. I always do three days because then you get them comfortable again. Right. Humans like, threes i don't know why but they like threes it's the trifecta thing it's there's something comfortable about it i don't know why so i get them the first warning second time here's your deadline of three days when they don't get back to you after that this is a business you are a business your books are a business your this is your livelihood or hopefully that's what you're working for maybe it's a second livelihood i don't know But you're going through and so then that's when you need to sit down not as an emotional person guys Business is not a place for emotion. It is a place for facts. 
it is a place for proof. Screenshots are life. Like I have screenshots of everything. Text messages, emails, conversations, half of the stuff that I do gets recorded. Like everybody knows that. You got to cover yourself. CYA, guys. But you go into these meetings. Let's say me and Mac are sitting down, guys. We're angry about our contract. If I go to you and I am very upset and I am yelling and I'm screaming and I am crying, as a business person, you're not going to take me seriously. You're just not. So you have to maintain that professionalism. You go in with the facts. You go in with your proof. And then you give them a certain amount of time to make adjustments. And that is why you look into your loopholes. The number one thing you want to do in a contract is create a loophole for you, for yourself, for your protection. Make sure you have a loophole. Whether or not they know about it is not my business. All I know is I know my loopholes because it's what you do. It is not my fault that they don't look at the contract. And here's the other thing. Make sure that you know what their loopholes are as yes. well. Because 100. if you know exactly what their loopholes are, and again, we're not trying to make bad of any conversation, you know, now, no. later, it, it, hypothetically. No, we, we are basically telling you the way, the best ways to protect yourself as an author, as someone mm -hmm. who is giving the world their babies per se. Their worlds. Their worlds. Yeah. Everything. Your intellectual property, if we're going to get legal. So here's the thing. When you understand how you can get thing out of things, it also means that you also know how they can get out of things too. Because if, because like we said, this is a business. This is an industry that will chew you up and spit you out if you are not ready for it. I have went through some hell and high waters in the publishing world on both sides as a writer, as someone who has actually said, hey, I can do this. And then it, all of a sudden it gets to a point like, I can't do this. I had to literally drop out of a project because I actually couldn't do it. Now I have to and deal that's with okay I, too. that. That's good. Yeah. But it also understand that there, and this is the important thing. When there was, no, when there was a project that I actually wrote for, but there was no contracts and I bailed out on it. I was safe. Now, does it make me look good? No, but at least I'm honest about it, but I'm also working on it on other projects for the same place. And we're doing the best we can with it. Here's the thing. Again, as an actor, I have to make sure I am on time with every little thing when it comes to this stuff, or I lose the project and it goes to somewhere else. And I still can't talk about that because the extra stuff, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Right now, we're looking at the bad stuff. Again, we've already talked about a little bit of the good stuff. Now we're going to talk about the bad stuff about this too. Now, again, she's already giving you examples of the hypotheticals, but... We're going to talk about the money side now. Now, this is the bad part of contracts sometimes. It's good because you get paid, but this is where a lot of the negotiations come into play. And this is where the ugly side can get into it all as well. And you have to make sure that you're willing, know what you're willing to give up to get what you want, but also know what you're willing not to give up 
to get what you want. Chelsea, why don't you add on to this? Because I know you have a lot of experience with this one as well. So this is going to be the thing that you're going to learn about publishers. Everybody says that they will give you all the information. They're going to be transparent. They're going to tell you everything. You have your percentages, which I am not legally allowed to say what my percentages are. But you are, and be very careful because we're going to get into our extras, and this is where they're going to trip you up. But when you know those percentages, one of the things that you need to do and include in your contract is copies of reports by whether you decide it's a monthly basis, which guys, let's be realistic, it's a little tricky because not everybody pays out monthly. But it also goes into getting your hands on those reports, making sure you have access to that stuff too, because it's super easy to say, hey, Mac, I got three books done, like that's all you did. Meanwhile, I have a secret stash over here that Mac doesn't know about. So making sure in your contracts that you get copies of those reports, those sales reports, those, all of those things is important and it's going to validate your sales. You know, as an author, how hard it is to hear that, I don't know, I didn't get anything. I didn't get anything sold for a month or I didn't get anything sold for six months. That kind of kills your confidence a bit. Make sure you write in there, you get that because you only get paid on what you can prove. That is, that's the ugliest part of contracts. You only get paid on what you can prove. However, if you can prove something that's not, that is not showing on their side, that's why you have those loopholes. But then you get into these fun little extra things, guys. These are your non-competes, your NDAs. You can never talk about it again. That goes deeper than an NDA. It, it is intense. There are things that you will read about and have to Google or have to call your mom or your dad and be like, what the hell does this mean? Because some of it is so much lingo that, I mean, it's like a foreign language. As T-Mobile put it, the yada, yada, yadas. Yes. And there are so many yada, 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 yada. So many. But the most basic one is your non-compete. Most contracts have something called a non-compete. This means, let's say the Realm series is over, or this Realm. This Realm ended the, is going to end this year. That means there's a certain amount of time that I am not legally allowed to publish or do any work on anything with the Heart Realm. That doesn't work for me. Charles got rid of it. Because, again, Chelsea doesn't like to share. So, but there are a lot of ways that you cannot get around that. There are certain things that I am not allowed to do with the books that they have published for a certain amount of time because it basically overwrites their work. So they want credit for what they have done as well. Make sure you read those non-competes. Memorize those non-competes. I have seen authors get in trouble for completing a series. Having a three-book deal, they do it, they go to another publishing house and immediately get a lawsuit for breaking their non-compete because they wrote in the same genre. They had that mentioned a character from one of the series that they had worked with. They did, they went with a competing publisher because sometimes these publishing houses will mention other publishing houses you are not allowed to go to. They will stop you from writing in a certain genre. They will stop you from doing certain things or going on certain podcasts or talking about them in general. So memorize that non-compete. Again, you're allowed to edit it. Make sure everything you do before you sign that contract, you are comfortable with. If at any point you are not, do not sign that contract. 
I don't care what you have to give up. It is not worth it, guys. Next thing you have is your NDA, your non-disclosure agreement. This covers a lot of different things, whether it's you can't talk about your books until the book is out, or you can't post about it, or you can't advertise, or you can't even mention who your publisher is until a certain point. Then they also have things as far as the development of your story, what characters are coming in, sometimes even who your narrator is going to be if you get a narrator and you want those audiobooks. There are so many different things. If let's say you leave your publisher, sometimes you're not allowed to talk about you can say your publisher was, but you can't talk about anything that you witnessed, saw, heard, signed, anything that you did with that publisher. If you're going to do anything, memorize those two documents because they are going to save your life. They are going to protect you above anything else, and you can get them to sign your own. I have several NDAs that I have had people sign because working with a publisher they hear more about your book than anybody else. They are sometimes the people you bounce your ideas off of. And the only way to protect yourself, whether it is your best friend, your mother, or your publisher, an NDA is invaluable. It will save your work. It will. And here's the other thing that I, I want to put out there real quick, because I've made this mistake early on in my voiceover career, is that when you're working with a client, We'll just call them clients right now, okay? Because you never know exactly who they are going to be. I'll just tell the story. I was working on, I know, it's a, it's a short story though. I was working on a project for a, stop laughing at me. I was working on a project for a metal company, a metal art etching company. And the project that I did, I did a voiceover for them that basically was, the equivalent to how it was, how it's made like discovery channel did or uh, the science channel or whatever it was. I can't even remember. Anyways, when the project was, was done and I had received the links, I'd received everything that I needed to do to put it out as well. I was so happy with it. And so were they, they even reached out to me and said, thank you for this. We would love to work with you again on this stuff. But because I did not look at the NDA, Again, because I had looked at it before and I'd forgotten all about it because it had been a long time in between. I reached back out to them and said, hey, I would be happy to work with you again as well. Well, the production company who had created the product and the one I actually worked with heard about this and got PO'd with me and said, that's it. We're done. You're not working with them. You're not working with anybody because of the fact that you interacted with the client. And somehow, some way, I did not see that in the NDA. Mm -hmm. That after the project is done, you do <clears throat> not get a hold of clients. Or even during the time, you do not get involved with the clients. It was a simple mistake. And I tried to apologize to them. But these people decided, hey, no, we're done. They didn't even give business me the second, the two strikes. Exactly. So I lost on multiple projects that I could have done with that company. Yeah. So this is very important to note. Again, actor's point of view, but it also has to deal with the writing. Because I mm -hmm. also worked on the writing with it too. So I also got screwed out on that. Now, the reason why we're talking about all this stuff, because the nitty gritty out of all the things that we ever tell you is how to protect your wallet. Now, this is also a part of the good, bad, and the ugly part. 
because everything evolves around the money. Again, we said this is a business and we want to make sure that you are able to protect yourself. So in regards to money, now, again, this is something else that I, not many people know about, especially with Amazon. And I'm going to say Amazon because they're big and they're not going to hear us about anyway. But I know, I know, I know. Amazon's just one. There of goes people. my book. Oh my gosh. Oh, please. <laughs> anyways, anyways. No, when, when it comes to Amazon, when you're putting your products out there, especially for audiobooks, because this is my lane, writing is her lane. Audiobooks is my lane. She knows a little bit about it, but I know a little bit more about it. Anyways, one of the things that many authors don't know is when you're dealing with Amazon, you have to make sure you're looking at those contracts because they have three different types. Okay. If you do not get the third party one, you are stuck with them. You cannot mm -hmm. go anywhere for a certain amount of time. I think it's like eight years or something. Non-compete. Like Non-compete. There it is right there. So one of the things they do, especially when it deals with your profits, is that they take 80%. Out of every sale that you have, say you do, we'll make it easy. We'll make it easy. Say you, you sell your book for $10, okay? They're going to receive $8 from that one sale. Now, if you're doing audio books with somebody and you're doing royalty sharing, you're only getting the $1 because you got to do 50-50 with the, the narrator. Now, there Again, are other ways of doing it, depends on your contract. It depends on the contract that you make with them. Mm -hmm. And again, there's multiple versions of this. So you have to make sure, and again, I'm just giving you an example because this is hard stuff that many people don't know. And there's more, there's over 55, 60 different platforms that you can upload audiobooks besides Amazon. But again, this is one of the things we want to make sure you're looking at. So from these non-combatants, those NDAs, make sure you're reading them. Because your paycheck matters. And oh, by the way, if you do not, and again, going back to Amazon, if you do not sell more than $50 in that month, you do not get a check from them at the end of the month. You will get it once it hits $50. Yeah. Or three months. Amazon three has months. adapted their things. You guys just got to read those contracts. Make sure you're paying attention to them. That way, you know what to expect as well. However, publishing houses are different. They do not get the same things as, as authors, independent self-published authors or self-published audio. They get it much more frequently, guys. Um, but the other side of this is you. one of the things that nobody wants to talk about is the business world is a dirty, dirty place. <gasps> somebody can screw you over. If they can do whatever, they're going to do it, guys. Just learn to play the game. Make sure you are protecting your... I know. I'm just breaking rules here. Oh, there goes my business. Thank you. <laughs> there goes my business. I know we all thought the business world was this cute, cuddly, fun place with rainbows and sunshine and unicorns. It's not. Um, rhinos? Unicorns. Yeah, that's what a rhino is. No, but it's like they're super excited. They're not like depressed with life yet. They're like no, that's still what it, unicorns. Look up the word unicorn and then tell me. It is no, that's not. what I'm saying though. I always yeah. said, I and I told a little girl this at a birthday party last weekend. She was saying unicorns <laughs> don't exist anymore. And Destroy believe, her life. 
destroy her. <laughs> no, life. it actually made her so happy. So she said oh, that unicorns don't exist anymore. And she was devastated because this mean little boy told her unicorns don't exist. And I was like, lies. And she was like, what? I was like, dude, let me show you. So I go on and I show her a picture of a rhino. And she's like, that's not a unicorn. I was like, okay, honey, I'll be real honest with you. She's eight. She, she's she eight. needs to learn this stuff. <laughs> I was like, this is what happens. This is a unicorn that is tired because nobody believes it in it anymore. <laughs> so, dude, I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. So she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, you have this. This, I don't even remember what his name was. I was like, but you let him tell you unicorns don't exist. You don't believe in them anymore. And she's like, well, it's for babies. And I'm like, it's right there. I was like, but if you believe really hard, then everything will be fine. There'll be magic and all of this stuff. So she goes over. This was not my fault. This was not oh, my yeah, fault. This no, was no. not what was supposed to happen. So she goes over. I firmly believe that like you should be able to defend yourself. Okay. My rule is that I tell all the little kids in my lives, you got to let somebody strike first, right? Then it's self-defense. Otherwise, it's assault. So you go you go second, self-defense. Dodge, though. Don't let it actually hit you. Anyways, so we go through, and she goes over, and she's telling this little boy. And he's like, no, you're wrong. And she's like, no, you're wrong. You're just too dumb to not realize magic is real. And so this little boy pushed her. And I swear oh. to God, it was like walking like Chucky or something. Like, she, I didn't know she was egging this kid on. So I'm watching it and I'm like, oh no, I'm about to have to go like fight a little nine-year-old. And so I go over and I start walking over and you just see this smile start across her <laughs> face. And I stop in my track and I'm like, oh no. And then you see her like go back and she just straight into his chest because I always do the, you got to knock the wind out of him type thing. And she did. And she was like, unicorns are real and just walked off. And I was like, that's Chelsea. not my fault, right? <laughs> because like I had nothing to do with it. All I did was tell her there is real magic in the world and like unicorns do exist, but because she didn't, it's like, you know, the Peter Pan thing. And so like the escalation, that wasn't my fault. And she says she's not the villain. I mean, I'm just saying, but that's what the business world is. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, next week we're going to have a two-parter with Corey and we're going to literally go over the entire contract negotiations dealing with all kinds of great things and we'll get get to that cl closer to that time but we want you to come back return to us next week because we wanted to give you an insight into contracts and how to work them even more detailed so this one, we told you about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and all the extras that go with contracts and how to help yourself to make it an easier... Protect yourself. Yeah, exactly. How to protect yourself and all of these things that you are creating with your intellectual property. Where to put it up at. And we'll go into that another time again later on because we know you guys like were interested in knowing all those ABCs of the ABPs. I think it was like that yes. yes i think that's what it was yeah, yeah. so throwing it way back throwing way back like a couple weeks back but hey it works so until next time please remember to follow us on beyondthepenpodcast.com on all your favorite platforms because we're all over the place get the links in the bios everywhere you need to get it at and keep coming back to us chelsea you got anything to 
close this out with? Well, you guys got to make sure that you like and subscribe. Check us out every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 5 a.m. We release our new episodes. And for this special contract episode, any questions you guys have, you can message us directly. We'll make sure Corey gives you guys all of the information. Yes. Absolutely, because I, I think that would be really cool to get your guys' questions or insights into what you're really wanting mm-hmm. to hear. Because, again, we want to make sure that you are protected. So until next time, my name is Maccabee. And I'm Chelsea. And this is Beyond the Pen, where we help you unleash your creativity. Hey, folks, that's a wrap for this episode of Beyond the Pen. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you'd like to stay connected and up to date with everything Beyond the Pen, follow us on Twitter at Beyond the Pen Pod and Instagram at Beyond the Pen Podcast. For even more content and exclusive access to our guest profiles and more, make sure to visit our website at beyondthepenpodcast.com. Don't forget to join our Facebook fan page to interact with our favorite authors and fellow fans of the show. And if you want to take your Beyond the Pen experience to the next level, check out our selection of video interviews on Traverse TV's Video On Demand and Livestream. You can access these interviews through your Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Google Play, iTunes, or the Traverse TV app. So until next time, thanks again for tuning in, and remember to keep writing inspiring and sharing as you go beyond the pen.